Stephen here. Hey, oh. how's it going? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear oh, me? Okay, I can hear you. Yeah. Welcome to our weekly therapy session. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> we explore our feelings through our love of film, right? That's our thing. Yeah. Okay. Is that from Sonic? <laughs> no. I'm eating McDonald's fried fries with barbecue sauce on one side and buttermilk ranch mm -hmm. on the other side. Nice. Simple so, things uh, in life. Yeah, you know. You know yeah, how simple things. McDonald's is I... expensive now, by the way. This is my this is not like a struggle mm -hmm. meal. This is like a legit treat for me right now. Like um I ordered like it is two meals. Yeah, I, I ordered like two meals from McDonald's the other day. It was thirty dollars. And like last night, I what? basically made a whole yeah. steak dinner for me and Ali, and it was like under fifteen dollars, like the whole meal. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I guess it's McDonald's like, is a luxury yeah. now. I mean, when when I was growing up, it was always kind of a luxury because, like, in Switzerland, you pay like twenty francs, which is about twenty dollars per person. Okay. Oh, so wow. it's like if you get like a medium like a small menu if you ask for like an extra sunday or something and you can spend like 25 27 dollars like easy per person so yeah i mean wow. like if you're going for like the cheap let's say like the special deals mm -hmm. uh you can save money that way but uh if you're particular about like i want a menu with uh or a meal as as you guys say here it's like mm -hmm. you want chicken nuggets as a meal with coke and it's like medium mm -hmm. uh you're gonna spend like m at least 15 dollars easy and that was before like inflation and like this is when i was growing up so it's probably more expensive nowadays no but yeah i mean switzerland's expensive in general mm -hmm. and uh, i mean new york as well like we're we're spending like you know before tax before stuff it's like 14 bucks 14.90 yeah something like that that's crazy. New uh, York was always crazy with prices, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I can't. I can't contradict you there. But it's like, uh, uh, it's kind of frustrating. And then, like, I started breaking my own bread now. Like, oh. Not like a sourdough thing. Just mm. like, uh, kind of like, I don't trust bread anymore, so I want to make it myself. <laughs> that is like the most. <laughs> You have like out Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan. <laughs> it's like I don't, I don't trust. I don't trust. Like I don't trust bread. <laughs> that is uh. So, I'll I'll just make it myself and put it in the freezer, <laughs> so it'll keep. <laughs> oh man, you're. Uh, I don't you're know. Like I do like man. Moroccan style bread. Yeah, I'm doing like Moroccan style bread, so it's more like flat bread. It's not like a loaf. Mm -hmm. You know. Oh, thank you, Alexa. You know, like well, gave three you years bread ago, or what happened? I, yeah, no, no. It's like uh, three years ago, I got an Alexa speaker for, for like one of those Echo things. Yeah. And I was like, remind me to throw out the trash because like sometimes it would just forget and just yeah. like let it pile up. Yeah. But now I just like, I throw it out when it's full, right? Like a normal person. But for some reason, I never disabled the, you know, throw out the trash. And Alexa just told me, hey, throw out the trash. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, Alexa I has kind of a kind it. of a tone. Alexa and Siri now, like 
yeah. if you say something wrong throw out the trash call, bitch yeah yeah no if you say that it'll <laughs> say no it'll it'll like it comes back no or like with siri i, I remember know. when i would say um like we, we we would say stuff in the car and like just kind of um experiment with what siri would say so it's like text somebody what the fuck and then it's like your text says what the fuck and it's like oh shit it's like <laughs> It's like, uh, yeah, yeah. It's like, whoa. It I felt bad the other night. I, I said sorry to Alexa. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to be a man. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to be a man's man. Trying to, have, trying to have my balls back. But uh, I said sorry to Alexa <laughs> probably more than once. I just felt bad. I'm so sorry. Don't it's like sometimes it comes Bezos, back, but then um, sometimes you'll you'll have a tone with Alexa, and then it'll just go okay. Yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, shit. But you're not real. But like my oh, feelings shit. are hurt. My inexistent feelings are hurt. Oh man. <laughs> Well, you know, well, thing is, whenever the uprising happens, uh, okay. the AI uprising, I I have been uh, very polite ninety percent of the time with Alexa and Siri, but sometimes Siri will come up like, okay, just because I said Siri, like my phone will be like, what? No, I didn't do anything. It's fine. But uh, what I don't like about Alexa is that it will try to sell me shit. Yeah. So it'll be like, hey, we found something you might be interested in. I'm like, I'm not interested. Okay. And. Then- well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this writer that you've never bought anything from uh, came out with uh, like they, they like this morning. Alexa tried to sell me something from Frank Miller. I think I think is the guy who did like the you know the Dark Knight comics, yeah. you know the one where the first grizzled version of Batman, essentially, right. being like Clark. I will destroy you with kryptonite because I'm fifty year old Batman. And uh, which is like my, I guess one of my favorite versions. I mean, that's what Zack Snyder was trying to do, but I feel like with not with the great success in my opinion, but, um, but yeah, I still enjoy the Snyder stuff, Yeah, but it's kind of like, I don't know. Every time I start a conversation with you, I always end up in like DC or Marvel or yeah. anime or some, yeah. I'll, I'll just like, cause like all of my references are from, the MCU essentially. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So like, so like, you know, that's when Thor did that. And <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So when we were kids, right. The dad movies were like yes. all like the, like, like the middle-aged man movies were probably like all the Jack Ryan movies, all the, the Tom Clancy stuff yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. And like Chicken, all the stuff, stuff for like ki- yeah, and all the stuff for kids were like, I don't know, like some Star Wars stuff. I mean, you had your middle-aged fans, but it was mostly what, like Star Wars. Marvel yeah. was definitely just mostly, like you had Pokemon. generations of fans, but it was mostly kids and stuff. And Pokemon, of yeah. course, but like... You know, like Pokemon, like Ash just right. became like, just left Pokemon apparently because yeah. he reached his goal of being the Pokemon master. So like, yeah. I have not watched, I didn't, I haven't watched it for like 20 years almost. Yeah. I guess more than 20 years, but I was still emotional, even though I haven't seen like 20 years worth of Pokemon. I was like, he finally did it. That's awesome. It only took 20 I used, years. <laughs> I used to tape that on VHS. Like that's how long ago I watched Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. But it's kind of like, okay, so as our generation gets older and like the default, maybe like the default old person stuff is going to be like, what, like mm-hmm. Marvel to a degree Pokemon and stuff. Mm-hmm. That, that, that makes me think like, like all this like 
not so grounded but like kind of like fantasy stuff that's like becoming the default so it's like i always wonder what's going to be the next like thing because like the kids are, are looking at marvel the same way we looked at like jack ryan movies it's like all oh, that stuff for yeah. old people it's yeah. kind of like what's what's about to become and and it's weird because like if you if you like look at what most kids play with what most of them watch it's like a random mixture of youtube and like youtube videos and like indie games and just like no nobody cares who owns what it's just like 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 it's just yeah. this random mixture of stuff that could be owned by anybody anywhere and whatever and it's kind of like like how do you create the premium version of that as you kind of like get older because like like we said before entertainment is becoming like more and more democratized and i just wonder how that's gonna look like when somebody who's like five years old right now is at an age where they can become a producer for like a media company like i don't know i i want to see i want to see where this all goes but i still think it's funny that like marvel is kind of like the default now like i never thought we would come to this point but we're here and i don't know yeah there are marvel fans who are too young to have seen Iron Man. Yeah. Like they don't like the first Iron Man. And a lot of them are like, oh, well, what's this? You know, and, and, um, or people, I mean, when did Iron Man come out? Like 2008. Yeah. And it's like, you don't uh, realize it. I was already you... a teenager by then. So, yeah. yeah. I didn't and really I... grow up with it, but yeah. No, yeah. I was way like 2008 was like a good year for movies. I remember 2008. I think that was the, mo- the year I, I got, I got one of my first jobs. In 2008 first mm. or second i don't know but it was like um I, it's like if you walk look back at the first iron man movie it's like you'll you'll know it's 2008 like yeah. after all all the mcu movies kind of mash up and look the same when you imagine them but if yeah. you look back at a movie from like 2008 2009 it's like you know it's a movie from 2008 mm. so it's it's funny looking back at it at where they were then and where they are now and it's like a lot of the fantasy stuff is becoming such a default that the filmmaking styles for like those big budget, really colorful movies are becoming like the default styles for like even smaller movies. Mm-hmm. Now, like I'm going to segue this over to Creed three. Like, would you create, would you consider Creed three a smaller movie? Like in my mm-hmm. head, it's a smaller movie, but then I have to remember, okay, Rocky is a huge franchise the people in this movie are all like kind of not all of them, but like most are like big superstars and stuff. And it's yeah. like, would this be considered a smaller movie? But I guess in the media landscape we are now compared to other movies that are in theaters. Yeah. It's kind of a, it's like, it's not an indie movie, but it does feel like, you know, the next level of what like a mid budget movie for like grownups are going to look like. And when you see right. what Creed three looks looks like, it does not look like the mid budget grown up movies that our parents grew up with. And like it looked like it was made for the anime and superhero fans. It was like let's take a grounded story and use almost these like superhero anime filmmaking styles and incorporate that into like a small story. Yeah, and that's that's essentially what Creed three was. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, thing is, we we're talking about this, but it's like he he based like Michael B. Jordan, who like is this the first time we direct? Yes, this is the first. Like, uh, first? Yeah. Okay. 
So it's like first time as director and like he based a lot of um, a lot of the parts in the movie on like anime because like he's a huge anime manga fan. Like from when I heard like he based the fight or like the, I guess the big final fight on like Naruto or one fight in Naruto that that's pretty famous um, where it's like you go back and forward in time and their, their younger selves were fighting. And I don't know. Oh yeah. I mean, I didn't see Creed three yet, yeah. but from what I heard, like it's like, a, you know, I, I think it's something that we talked about, um, you know, when we were talking about the last of us yeah, and how like video games are like, um how it's like the best you know video game adaptation mm -hmm. and i think we sort of talked about how anime adaptations kind of suck yeah and you know like uh ghost in the shell not a very good adaptation i mean like technically brilliant technically like amazing special effects whatever but like right. just the feeling wasn't there yeah. and i feel like creed is probably creed 3 they stole elements of anime yeah but it in a western story right so i feel yeah. like maybe that's the way they should just do it it's like just take those kind of visual cues mm -hmm. and uh, that are usually like the most powerful parts of of anime is like the fights because like the fights are usually more than just like one guy punching another it's like a whole like this is my being fighting against this other being you know and it's like and if they were friends like that's a big theme in naruto it's like friends fighting each other or being forced to, or that was the whole of plot of Creed three. Right. So <laughs> yeah. it's like, you know, it's also about them mind melding. Like, I, there's a whole theme in Naruto where it's like only, you know, you can only understand one another when you're at the same peak, you know, warrior level and you can right. only understand each other through fighting and literally you'll have a fight, let's say between Naruto and his friend, uh, Sasuke, who's like a villain at one point in the story. Uh, and they sort of go into this like kind of like void where it's everything's white except yeah. for these two guys and they talk mm -hmm. to each other but in the real world right. they're you know like why are you still fighting for me naruto you know <laughs> stuff like that yeah and it's like because you're my friend you know and then you know that's sort of like the um uh, from i've heard creed 3 takes a lot of those cues but you just really described the whole movie like <laughs> okay. i'm so I, i'm not even kidding no, like i, I didn't i didn't no, I'm not even kidding. I didn't realize how deep the anime references and the anime inspiration went until right now. Right? Cause, no, because <laughs> okay. you said something. You said something just like about a minute ago. I, ah, mm -hmm. whatever. We'll well, replay. It's like only the peak. You know. It, whatever. Uh, oh I no, know. it was before that. You said like it was about the, the deeper and something, something. Yeah. Whatever. It's like, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll it, play it back and we'll make a TikTok out it, of your it's line. It's not just like two bodies fighting each other. It's like yeah. their philosophies battle as well so it's like it's yep, all that's the point of the movie right? okay because <laughs> like the thing is um like with the matrix and stuff right it's like yeah movies have always done well when they took visual cues from anime and when there were anime references mm -hmm. but not being a full-on anime movie because yeah. I feel like you can't do it all in one. Like I've never liked superhero movies or comic book movies that tried to look like a comic book. Like I didn't like I, I liked Angley's Hulk until they started doing that weird comic book panel style stuff and started putting in like, you know, the comic book like inking styles in the middle of the movie and stuff. I was like, okay, this doesn't fit. Mm -hmm. 
And it wasn't until Kevin Feige came that made movies that look like movies that you knew were movies, but it gave you the same feeling as a comic mm -hmm. book without trying to overtly yeah. try to be a comic book. And I, I think when I was watching Creed 3, I was like, I think we're like approaching the generation that can like make you feel like you're watching an anime without like overtly trying to be anime. Because that's where Cowboy Bebop went wrong. And like, mm -hmm. it's funny because a quarter crew that um that YouTube channel quarter crew, they uh, make a lot of stuff like like uh their own VF their own VFX videos. They do like um yeah. they did, did one where they incorporated AI, they tried out AI animation for the first time and they do a lot of really good like VFX work. And they were analyzing why um here the full title of the video is why um why Hollywood what makes anime great and why Hollywood ruins it. Mm -hmm. And they go into this whole part about how in the Cowboy Bebop live action ad adaptation, they just do like zoom ins and close ups and certain camera work for like no reason, just cause. But yeah. in the actual animation, it's like if they zoomed up on somebody's eyes, it's because something was about to happen. If they zoomed in on somebody attacking somebody, it was on their fist and it was where they hit. So you could like see exactly like the impact of it. Yeah. And when you watch Creed 3, you realize this is stuff that Michael B. Jordan knew ahead of time already. Mm -hmm. Like he knew, he knew all of that. He knew, you know, the purpose of having like the camera swing around the fighting the entire time. Cause like you, that happened a lot. It's like the camera moves. It's never static during the fights in this, in Creed three, it's like moving around. And it reminded me a lot of like Dragon Ball Z when they would like fight in the sky and like punch yeah. each other while the camera's <laughs> moving around. It was an exact reference of that. And I'm right. like, it's like he he wasn't making references. He was specifically using those techniques to tell the story. And it worked every single time. And I don't think we're going backwards from this. I don't imagine. I hope not. <laughs> I don't I don't imagine big, like like mid-budget, you know, kind of smaller story movies going back to being as static as it used to be. Like it's gonna be very there's gonna be a lot of motion in these kinds of movies from now on. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Man, I, I I just wish I remember what you said. I don't know. I got like short term memory this morning, but yeah. Well, we, we can replay the recording. Um, yeah. <laughs> I want to think about it. Yeah. But it's like I don't know. It, it's sort of um, I feel like a lot of there's so much of a story that you can just tell through movement, right. and I guess that's kind of a big point of you know um, like anime. There's so much just about uh i mean obviously in anime there's there are a lot of like internal monologues which don't always fly very well in uh, the western versions of the medium you know so it's like you can't have uh creed having an inner monologue of like here's my friend but i must fight blah 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 you know like you know like that doesn't really feel very good you know in terms of like it doesn't it doesn't feel right okay. uh i think in live action but it does feel right, anime, you know, in anime. But um, it's just like you said something interesting about just like how the cinematography is different. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of stuff that they did at, in that uh, Cowboy Bebop remake, uh, the Netflix live action version, is kind of like they just went with 
the cosmetic kind of like, well, Spike looks like this. And I can't remember the other characters right now, but like, oh, they, yeah. they're all oh, like- Faye Valentine and- uh, Faye Valentine and- um, the, the the big guy with the, the robot eye or something. The robot arm and- Arm. I don't know. Arm eye. <laughs> I think he has a lot of robot parts because yeah. like he part of, he got blown up or something or shot, I think yeah. multiple times. But, um, you know, it was sort of like, oh, let's, it's like, let's just focus on the cosplay ex- aspect of it and not so much the camera work. Right. And um, yeah, I think it's, yeah, sort of like, I would have been fine with a Cowboy Bebop that doesn't make real people look like cartoon characters, but that had all the kind of visual cues that anime has uh, than like a anime accurate cosplay, you know, thing. And then it just feels like, you know, a mid-budget kind of thing that was filmed for like a university project. You know, it's because <laughs> sometimes it kind of feels that way. It's like, uh, I mean, you know, I'm shitting over all over Cowboy Bebop, but like some of the live action, like Japanese remakes kind of feel like that. It's like they focused on the on how people on the costumes and the hairstyle and everything. Right. They forget about all the cool, like slow motion elements sometimes or just like when you see in a fight, you might have like you might not actually see the person, but you see like the silhouette. Right. And then just like the strike, like the, you know, it's like uh, the one thing that really made my jaw drop during, let's say the, the what was it called? Last Jedi right. was, you know, that scene where it all fades to black and white mm-hmm. when, you know, that ship goes into hyperspace, but like blasts through the first order fleet. Mm-hmm. Just like that moment felt like super anime to me. It was yeah. just like, I would see that happening in anime, just like that slow motion kind of like yeah. all the bits of the of that star ship like yeah. just like blast through everything like yeah. that was that was the moment i was like wow that's and i'm not a big fan of the last jedi movie it's just like well, i the, the, know the good parts of that film yeah. were really good and well it's like i think with like anime it's like that's and that's the gift of the anime um like format of storytelling mm-hmm. is that they're able to get the most fantastical elements and like they're able to get like they they don't they don't have to try as hard as yeah. Western cinema and animation to feel grounded. It's like they can take the most sci-fi or high fantasy or whatever elements mm-hmm. and make moments in them feel so emotionally grounded in a way that I don't see from like Western cinema. It feels so emotionally. And to be honest, like Western cinema still has a problem where it's like either one or the other. And yeah. It's like if if a Marvel movie wants to feel more grounded and realistic, you can't do that during the action parts. You have to have like a moment when like they're getting shawarma or they're talking about something or they're waiting in a locker room and stuff. And it's like anime is the only kind of medium that I can think of where or genre medium, whatever, where you can have that sort of grounded human feeling while they're fighting, while they're flying, while they're you know, doing something that you can't do in real life. And it's hard to adapt for live action. Like even Japan itself can't really do it justice when they adapt it to live action. And I just think that we just need to accept that there's certain things that only animation, like that only anime can really do. And that if they're going to make like anime adaptations in the future, actually screw it. Don't make anime adaptations. Make more matrixes, make more creed threes just make stuff mm-hmm. that 
have an anime like story where and you have just like anime like references in it because i don't yeah i still don't feel ready like i don't know what one piece is going to be like you know i don't they're trying to do yeah, death note again know. but i don't i don't i feel like we're still kind of I mean, not ready i don't know <laughs> yeah i don't know it, it's sort of um just make things like the problem with these live action adaptations is that they're trying to make it look like the anime yeah. You know, it's like, again, it's all about like, oh, uh, you know, the Death Note Netflix remake, they try to make the actor do cosplay as as uh, as the main character in the anime, you know, the guy who has the Death Note. And, you know, it's like in real life, would someone actually have that haircut nowadays? Does it feel very current? You know, it's like just right. have normal, you know, quote unquote, normal you know, char- let's say characters that you that you might see in the real world or in a movie that's not trying to be anime, but have all those references and cues and and um, you know, like I guess visual references, um, mm-hmm. because yeah, I feel like it's always very cosmetic. Whenever mm-hmm. there's like a live action version of of an anime or manga or you know what have you. But um, it, it's sort of, uh, I feel like they don't really get into the weeds of what makes anime anime. Yeah. And like, let's say there's a lot of stuff in animation that animators won't do because it's a bitch to animate. Yeah. And that's why you have a certain look to it. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, um, I was watching Rising of the Shield Hero this week. And there's this scene that's not that important, but to me, like stuck in my mind. It's like there's a moment where this character, the main character is escaping because he's been framed. and But one of the guys who's chasing him kind of has doubts of his guilt. So it's like, uh, so he throws this kind of, uh, it's like a necklace that's a symbol of whoever is actually pulling the strings. Mm-hmm. And instead of throw, uh, instead of animating the, uh, the guy who's throwing, let's say I'm throwing a ball, and it's a bitch to animate like an arm going back and forth and like throwing the ball. Right. So what they do is you'll just, or let's say what you might do in a manga, like you'll, you'll draw the ball landing, you know, like with a plump or thump or whatever. And right. then you go back to the guy who threw it and you see the position of the arm would be in right after throwing something. So it's like, if you had filmed that live action, you just filmed the guy throwing the ball, right? You know, right. it's like, oh, okay, throw it, bam, it's landed, whatever. But there's yeah. like a certain way of like being economical with your shots mm-hmm. that uh, I feel like they don't really get in stuff like the Netflix, you know, uh, Cowboy Bebop or et cetera, et cetera. But then yeah. it's like the question you have to ask, like, what would this actually look like in animation? Right. And then, oh, how would the cinematography be in that case? And then you'll be like, okay, so that's how we should shoot it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I, I still think that, you know, like, because, you know, American movies do well when they make references to anime, like 3-3 and Ma- the Matrix. Yeah. Why don't... I think we should be brave enough to do it the other way around. Take the anime mm-hmm. and make it in an American style. And mm-hmm. it's like... it's Like cyberpunk? 
Yeah, like so. Yeah, no, no. It's it's, it's almost like I feel like runner. people don't want to do that, and there's this fear from the heart. There, there, there's this yeah. fear that the hardcore fans are going to be mad about trying to Americanize something foreign like that. But when you have a production that takes place somewhere else, that's adapting somewhere from somewhere else, you want to t- see their take on that. Like, mm-hmm. if I was, if Japan was going to adapt like Top Gun or Top Gun Maverick, I don't want them to do exactly how they do it here. I want you to yep. take your vibe, what's special, your stories, your style of cinematography, and base it around that. So yep. if I, I kept thinking, if they were going to do something like Dragon Ball, right? Why not do it mm-hmm. in the style of like Yellowstone? Because at the at the at the end of the day, what is Dragon Ball? It's a family drama, and it's in a rural place. Mm-hmm. So why not take inspiration from something from like Yellowstone or like Dallas or even Breaking Bad and make a Dragon Ball Z show that looks like that? Or like if you're gonna do like Naruto or whatever, uh, it's like it's technically like a loner coming of age thing, and we have mm-hmm. you know a whole company made by Steven Spielberg that just like made those kinds of movies you know like you know like close encounters of a third kind you had that that you had um like et you know mm-hmm. you had super eight you know those kind of like loner kid with group of kids trying to like find themselves in the world kind of thing you could yeah. so i think we just need to be brave enough to do that because our greatest anime adaptation did exactly that and for some reason we did not make more movies like this edge of tomorrow mm-hmm Edge of Tomorrow is by far to me the best American anime adaptation. Actually, it's not based on the anime. anime. It was it, it was based on the manga. Actually, the anime right. came later, but the manga was called um, "All You Need Is Kill." Oh. And when you read the manga, you're like, okay, I want to see like a live action version directly of this. But yeah. because this was like made in America, and I think nowadays you can't just get away with just having Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. It's like you you'll probably have to. And you probably should, you know, hire like Japanese actors. But it's like, I I think it's like when you, there's this fear of just trusting the core of the story because, you know, everybody wants their first hit to hit now. So everybody wants all the success to happen now. You make your whole movie now. And it's like, there's, there's not really a lot of, simmer room to like let a style and a type of movie kind of build traction and what's funny to me is edge of tomorrow actually didn't do that well in the box office when it came out but be, be but like was built with more of a following so i feel like years from now you're gonna have people that saw that movie that are gonna be more inspired by that like just having the core of the story in the right place yeah no, but yeah, I, I never thought of. Uh, I, I didn't know that Edge of Tomorrow was based on a on a manga. Yeah, but but it's like, uh, I guess that's a good thing. You know, it's like if I can tell that they're copying something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's probably not a good <laughs> a good thing, right? But right. Um, but it's like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it's sort of like imagine if let's say Edge of Tomorrow had been a super popular manga. I mean, a super popular anime uh, that everyone knew about. And they're like, oh, we're going to do a version with Tom Cruise. Like Tom Cruise would have had the craziest haircut ever. Uh, (laughs) You probably fought for it. You know, you probably probably just came to work with this as Harold Spike being like, yeah, 
This you is know? who I am now. It's like, like <laughs> thing is like spiky hair makes sense in animation because like it's drawn, but like in real yeah. life it doesn't make sense. Yeah. So why would you do that? <laughs> you could have like unkept hair, and like I, I yeah. can imagine it working now because I see people doing the so-called Y2K look, like where people are yeah. bringing back like spiky hair and stuff. I could see it working in that, that was sense. <laughs> oh no, that's coming back. It's like all everybody that was like a little kid in like the two thousands. Mm-hmm. and getting all their references from like movies and stuff it's funny now because like the y2k look now it has nothing to do with how we actually looked like in the 2000s mm-hmm. and it's like everything to do with like the movies we watched and thought they dressed kind of stupid like <laughs> yeah. like clock stoppers and yeah. all the nickelodeon yeah. movies and I max mean- keeble <laughs> like the the late 90s early 2000s look is yeah. just like i know i was looking at um i mean it's not even early 2000s like you know chronicles of riddick yeah and just like the amount of leather makes me uncomfortable <laughs> yeah uh, but then people are watching that and they're wearing and shit also like Matrix, that now right? and they're saying oh i'm dressed like the 2000s and i'm like i did not know one person that dressed like this I mean, there used to be a guy in my in my town who would essentially dress like he was in the Matrix, and he had this long ass leather, black leather coat that went yeah. all the way to his feet. It wasn't like to your knee or calf; it was like to your ankles, right? So right. it looked like he was Morpheus, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and going like, "Take the red pill or the blue pill. That is your choice, Neo." Uh, oh but, man. You know, totally butchered that line by the way but i i don't uh, care whatever <laughs> i don't know i don't even remember what the line was oh man <laughs> but it's like uh i don't know why I'm, I'm just thinking about that sort of like deep morpheus voice Lawrence fishburne <laughs> yeah because <laughs> now he's just like i am the king of the underworld <laughs> you know like total <laughs> opposite of what morpheus was <laughs> but what is Oh yeah, he you was know, it. Was Wick. he was he in John Wick four? Yeah, yeah, he's in John oh, Wick four. The thing is, like, he's so like over the top in John Wick, but he's so kind of, you know, uh, controlled yeah. in in the Matrix movie. So I, I feel like it's a nice kind of evolution. I feel because like, I I think I enjoy him more as uh, the the un, like the King of the Underworld. I think is his name, whatever it's called. Yeah, but you know, with his carrier pigeons. Uh, yeah, I forgot but, he was like <laughs> still around because I'm like. Uh, yeah, when I when I was watching, I remember the the latest Matrix movie. I was like, this makes no sense that like they replaced Lawrence Fishburne, but at the same time, they're they're together in John Wick. Yeah. And it's well, like, like they 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 recast a lot of you know they recast Agent Smith. With, oh yeah, they did. Oh, I forgot about that. Um, the guy who played the King of England and Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah, he was. Oh shit, that was him. <laughs> so yeah, I a... immediately, I mean, I, I he was in that <laughs> Netflix TV show about serial killers. Um, but now I can't unsee him as the fucking. But you know, yeah, I can't unsee him as the King of England, who's like, you'll see, I will teach you a lesson, <laughs> you know, whatever, you know. Yeah, none none of the recastings was. in that whole movie made sense, they didn't work. and it's just funny because like uh, it didn't, yeah. yeah, it didn't do well, and it. It was weird because it felt like it should have been this big nostalgia thing, but it came out and people were just looking forward to the next John Wick. It's like, it's like, it's as if people weren't following the Matrix. They were following. I mean, I don't know if you remember, (laughs) but 
no one liked Matrix Reloaded and Matrix uh, Revolutions. Like no one liked those. Movies. I don't even remember Revolutions. I just remember Reloaded because they go to Zion and then the guy and then Keanu Reeves does that like hope, kick when kick thing when he's on the pole and he kicks all the agents. I mean, that was all CGI. That wasn't. Um... <laughs> yeah, but that's what, that's what I remember from it. Everything else. Yeah, that's what know. everyone remembers. It was like oh CGI fest, like yeah. total CGI fest. And I think that was the main. That was the, the beginning of the end for the matrix <laughs> yeah michael b jordan come on learn some lessons i don't want you going over the top like creed 4 they just start like flying like through the stands or something <laughs> yeah it'll be like uh you know like the was it like that uh what's his name hugh jackman when he does like the greatest show the great showman yeah like just like it's gonna be uh you know zendaya and um <laughs> the other guy like uh like don't do like a trapeze artist thing where yeah. like creed and uh what's the other guy like adonis yeah uh, no creed and uh what was the game that was the name, the other game. Yeah. just like flying around like zendaya and the guy from <laughs> um you know high school musical yeah doing like a like a twirl thing <laughs> they have to do like a lion king thing where like he looks up and like carl weathers is there like giving him advice i i feel like carl weathers was like trying to pitch that because, mm-hmm. like, I, I found out he was, like, mad that, like, he wasn't mad, but like, he was yeah. a little peeved that he could never come back for, like, the Creed movies. Because it's, like, yeah. he should be able to because it's the Creed movies, but yeah. whatever. He's in Mandalorian. But he, he has other things didn't he, on. he died, right? I mean, the character died. Yeah, and that, that was a big part of the, that's a big uh, part of the Creed franchise. Right? Uh, and um, he, so Apollo Creed died in Rocky Four. Because he was knocked out by Victor Drago, uh, John Claude yeah. Van Damme. Was it John Claude? No, Dolph Lundgren. No, Dolph Lundgren, yeah. not basically like fun. The other and like, um, yeah, and then um, <laughs> what's his face? Uh, yeah, yeah, and then, yeah. <laughs> and then Apollo Creed was basically kind of like half-assing the fight because he was like, it's an exhibition. This is fun. And then he dies. Like, and that's right. essentially kind of what like Creed 3 is kind of too, is that like, like basically um, Adonis... Uh, Michael B. Jordan is now a promoter mm-hmm. and it's kind of like he's less focused on fighting and more on like trying to keep his family and this and that and like when Damien comes back he's like okay I have to like keep that fighter side of me because I have to like protect my family very anime plot like you just said right <laughs> it's like very... you know what's interesting about the name Damien yeah is that every time they have an antichrist in a movie they're called Damien <laughs> <laughs> Ah. <laughs> it's like you know the omen or yeah. that other movie i can't remember like anytime they have a kid who's like supposedly the antichrist yeah. uh his first name is damien for some reason uh, or maybe uh <laughs> maybe michael b jordan was just kind of hitting a little bit on the nose a little bit uh, <laughs> a little bit on the nose in this movie <laughs> a little bit a little bit i don't know <laughs> i still have to see it though <laughs> but, yeah, but it's no, like i feel like i've already seen it it's like just knowing oh it's like oh no, you described the, themes, the movie the like themes. multiple times yeah. it, during this whole podcast like even the storytelling like i was like this feels i'm not as big of anime fan as you but i was just like this yeah. feels anime ish and i want you to watch it just so you can like yeah. confirm for me that yeah. even the storytelling parts were like well, anime like yeah okay so what else do we have to talk about um yeah i mean i just binged on anime this week um i was watching skeleton knight in another world Mm -hmm. i want like all the isekai so like you know isekai is essentially some guy in our world gets transported to a fantasy world essentially 
Okay. And that could be like a video game or, I mean, now they're, they're really pushing on the video game aspect of it. So I also saw the rising of shield hero, which is kind of based on like an, an online novel, mm-hmm. which then became a manga, which is now an anime. And um, it's sort of like, and they replay really down hard on the, like, this is like kind of a video game type thing. So mm-hmm. like as a, I don't know why there's like a big overlap between Dark Souls fans and anime fans. Uh, you know, like, you know, all the uh, from software games like Elden Ring or et cetera, et cetera. So like I keep seeing, oh, that's just like Elden Ring, you know, <laughs> it's always like, uh, oh, my stats, I have to grind levels and et cetera, et cetera. And uh, what's funny about um, Skeleton Knight in particular is that yeah this guy was playing the video game that he gets locked up in and his character that he created is a kind of paladin knight who got like cursed and so he's a literal skeleton with armor on and so no most people don't know he's a skeleton because he has like all this huge armor on and uh he never takes his helmet off un- until like he kind of helps an elf uh, save her elf uh you know brethren and um you know then it's like i will show you my face and then but what's really funny is that the guy knows that he's still in a video game so anytime something like really cool happens he's like oh man that's so cool you know <laughs> which is really a lot of fun and uh yeah i don't know like that that's the i feel like of the isekai like that's probably the one that's the least serious but then like rising of the shield hero they get into some really dark i mean Actually, I'm I'm lying. Skeleton Knight also has some really dark shit. Like, because uh, I have my current Crunchyroll free trial, which is now I'm I'm going full time Crunchyroll until maybe I get into Shutter or something. But um, maybe we should do Shutter actually. Like just like horror stuff. I know we've been talking about it, but yeah, no, know. I mean I, I wouldn't mind committing it, but it's funny because like like you said, we talked about earlier, horror tends to have like a really yeah loyal fan base and it's so loyal that the biggest one of the biggest horror movies last year came from a um streaming service called Screambox, which i've never heard of and then i look on there and it's all niche movies but they had enough of a following that like whatever movies end up on there will will have some fans and will have some kind of like traction built on it so it's uh i i wouldn't mind doing shutter one day i kind of there are a few um i think we did shutter a few times because we did amc plus yeah and that comes with shutter so we did a few shutter things at one point um the the one we did mandy mandy was a big one oh yeah that was Uh, and that's free now i mean it was free last time i checked and i was like okay but um skin of marine is the one shutter movie i wanted to talk about eventually because it's apparently just like a bunch of like lo-fi pictures of a house for like an hour and a half for two hours but it's supposed to be like really scary it's like it gives you the paranormal activity feeling where you're just uncomfortable Mm -hmm. it's not like overtly like in your face but like you end the movie with feeling like you know something's coming after you kind of thing it's supposed to give you that kind of feeling and it's like it's one of those experimental movies that just kind of asks like what can a movie be in in like mm-hmm. this day and age you know because yeah. there it's not going away anytime soon 
And to be honest, I think the more niche stuff like anime and horror tends to be the inspiration for whatever they do in the future. Like all the action, like a lot of the action um, directors now came from horror, like James Wan. Mm -hmm. It's because like, if you know how to give people thrills on a budget, you can do it on a bigger budget. So, you know, what's interesting is that um, last I checked, horror movies are consistent, like attraction to like to for theaters these days right because like you know there are a lot fewer people go to the theater so i mean last time i went was yeah to see john wick four but before that before that i i hadn't really been to the theater except for uh uh one of the marvel marvel movies can't remember which one there's so many yeah. but um it was kind of um it's funny how the two big attractions are going to see a horror movie because you're locked up in a room in the dark and you're kind of experiencing, mm-hmm. you're all having the same experience. Like I remember seeing it chapter two uh, back in 2019, I think it was. Right. And uh, just like having teenagers next to me, like being freaked out every time something happens. And I'm like, Oh shit. You know, yeah. that's like, that's part of the fun. And I feel like, um, I think similar to when I like, I think lighthouse can be a sort of a horror movie. So that, that was also like, people are like, what the hell? Yeah. So it's kind of like, um, there's I mean, that. And then there are the top guns, right? Top gun. Yeah. Don't wake. Stuff well, like I, that. I, well, I'm, um, I saw this, um, article and I think there was multiple online about why the scream franchise tends to do really well. It's cause at the end of the day, it's a murder mystery. Mm-hmm. I think the first article I saw yeah, about this was on Collider, true. but it's like, it's never the same villain. It's like the same mask, but it's never the same yeah. person in any of the screen movies. So there's always something to figure out, you know? Yeah. Like, I feel like the problem with like the Conjuring movies was like, the first one was good. The second one, it kind of just builds off of what like the first one was all about. But by the time you got to the third one, it felt like there was like, kind of a shtick already where it's like yeah. whatever the warrens next things they're up to it's the next adventures of the warrens kind of felt and like scooby-doo you know yeah. like who's the it's like i could have possessed them if it weren't for those meddling warrens you know and then you're like <laughs> uh. no, no you had a good point like it's like with screw with with the scream movies it's like it's always it's like it's a parody that doesn't have to be funny you know it's mm-hmm. like a satire that doesn't have to it's pretty i don't know but it, i don't think um i don't think it's streaming yet though i i, I don't know when it's going to come yeah. out to streaming and even though this is like technically a streaming podcast we still do praise the theatrical experience yeah. we just wanted to get better and that's like and right now like creed what i was talking about earlier creed 3 it's like it's available to buy and rent on amazon prime right now it's not just streaming anywhere just because you still have to download it but that that always makes me wonder like what are the movies that people are still willing to pay for mm-hmm. like what what would you buy individually and like i think nowadays you you don't care what the movie is you're buying individually you don't care what the tv show is you're buying from the store to whatever individually mm-hmm. you care about the experience that's what you're buying into and i think that's why a lot of theaters like should step up a little bit even though i I feel sorry that a lot of them are struggling but 
at the end of the day, nobody's paying for the product. They're paying for, as Gen Z likes to say a lot, the vibe. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, as far as my latest experience is concerned, like they, I feel like they, they invested enough for like a John Wick impersonator to be there, but then I don't know how much that actually, you know, improved my experience. Maybe I'm just not into it. And some people were like losing their minds and being like, Oh my God, it's a John Wick impersonator. Oh my yeah. God. Uh, but I, mean, I was like, no, I'd rather have like, let's say what's weird is that the seats in the Dolby theater are better than the seats in the IMAX theater. Well, Dolby actually, is kind of know. like the next IMAX. I mean, IMAX, I mean, they're they're kind of like a brand name, like almost a generic name at this point. But yeah, I would say at least for sound at the very least. Image, mm-hmm. you know, IMAX, it depends on the movie. But yeah. when it comes to sound, especially Dolby Audio is like, I, I, you can't compare. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, but like, uh, thing is like, I thought I was going into the Dolby Theater, but I guess... Uh, you know, it, it was for IMAX. My problem with IMAX is that it's just about power. Like the sound is right. just like, how loud can we make this sound? And yeah. I feel like you kind of lose the intricacies of the sound mix. You know, it's just like, I feel like Dolby, there's a lot more texture to the sound. And also, yeah. I mean, the seats are, I, I know I'm very focused on like comfort, uh, but it's like if you're going to spend 20 bucks or 30 bucks sitting in a theater for three hours, which is more or less how long I sat um, to watch John Wick 4, I want to be comfortable, you know. Right. Uh, but um, I don't know, like uh, I remember because, you know, I have family in South America and they have theaters in Peru where, um, you know, you actually have waiters. Yeah. And it costs the same as, or even less than going to, to an IMAX. So like, what if you could just like order a drink and like have someone bring it to you in the theater and you have like booths. So like you can book like, uh, well, I'm just family. So it's going to be me and, and like, you know, or me and my friends or me and my significant other, or, you know, mm-hmm. like, I feel like there are ways to make it more personalized, mm-hmm. but, um, I think they're just scared to experiment and see what they can do with it because mm-hmm. they're just kind of stuck in the, let's try to have as many seats as possible versus yeah. w- why shouldn't this be like the place that you take your Valentine, you know, yeah. date on, and it can be a big, ex- a nice experience with like, yeah. you know. It's like how in a time where arcades are, are going down, right? And there, there's not mm-hmm. as many arcades that are closing down. Dave and Buster's is killing it. I mm-hmm. mean, you you're in New York. You see Dave and Buster's. I'm in Hawaii. Dave and Buster's is like, like a mecca over here, almost. Like, if mm-hmm. you're not going to the beach, you're going to Dave and Buster's. That's it. <laughs> but it's like, it, it's like other than you know, it's like yeah, you have the drinks, you have the food, and all of that. But yeah. when you get to the games, you know, a lot of them update over time, but the basics are all the same. It's like actually they have more like more carnival style games than they used to, like. Mm-hmm. hitting hitting the bottles down and a lot of like right. that kind of stuff but there's still house of the dead there's time crisis there's the basketball games there's i think the racing game is still there i gotta check again yeah like there there's like a like a um like a horse racing game they used to have all the racing games are still the same like the car racing ones like um cruising usa and all of that and it's like 
yeah, in a time where arcades, like smaller arcades are closing down, like what are the few, what do the few that are still open have to do to like bring in people? And now, you know, even if there was less food and stuff at Dave and Buster's, there's kind of a nostalgia aspect where like the, the people that were kids are mm-hmm. now the parents bringing their kids there. And it's like, I, I can't think of an individual theater that I grew up with that I would bring my kid to one day and say, here's where I used to spend my time, you know? Yeah it's it's still there's still a curse of like every movie that comes out is just a movie that comes out and you can go anywhere to see it and it's like i can't think of one theater that's like uh this is the place we came to and now i want to pass it down kind of place and i think we're gonna go back to that like i think we're not we're gonna have less multiplexes and more movies that more theaters are playing like maybe like three movies but Movies will it it will be yeah. I mean that that's the type of theater that I was thinking about when you were mentioning that it's sort of like the little one that had yeah. two right. at most like two screens yeah and uh, like in my town there was one that just had two screens and you might have maybe at most a hundred people in there at most right uh, maybe less thing is I haven't been there in a long time because they got bought by some other company but. <laughs> um, and then I'd say the, the main reason I stopped going there is because they didn't show movies in English. So um, if I wanted to see like, uh, you know, Avengers, I'd have to see it in French, which for me, I'd rather see it in English, like, like original sound, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, Iron Man, what are you doing? <laughs> no, that's what I always wondered. Like, if you're from another country and you're watching an American movie with the dub, Get do you in. think the dub yeah. is bad? Like for the most part, I'm pretty uh, sure in these in these countries is like you're taking with what you can get, but it's it not like yeah. It's also kind of like what's your vibe, right? I mean, for a long time I was like, I'm never gonna watch a film not in the original version ever again, you know. But then I saw Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two in French in some theater that I was in the middle of of the mountain somewhere because like I had nothing else to do, and I was like out with a friend of mine. And we're both both like, there's nothing else to do. Let's just go to the theater. Yeah. And uh, it was like, uh, yeah, it was in French. And I was like, the thing is they remake jokes. Like they'll rewrite jokes that work in that, let's yeah. say, culture, right. even though they're not the same as the English version. So I, I, I forgot about that. Thing is like, I, when I was a kid, we didn't really have options. It was all French or not. And then in Geneva, they opened one that... Um, sort of like the AMC of, of Switzerland. And uh, there you could have like in French and in English or in French and in Spanish, like depending on like, it was like original version and French version. Right. So that's when I stopped going to that other theater because I was like, if I can watch the original version and I speak English and I enjoy watching movies in English, why should I see it in French? And uh, when half the time, sometimes the voice actors aren't as good but I have mm-hmm. to say, the voice actors they got for Guardians of the Galaxy uh, in French are pretty good. It's kind of like, I know a lot of people like the French version of The Simpsons more than the English version for some reason. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just got, I, I sometimes it's funny, but I, I do prefer the English version, but because it's the original, right? But right. It, it's kind of, um, yeah, I mean, I saw Phantom Menace in French. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harry Potter in French. 
at least like in the Sorcerer's Stone or the Philosopher's Stone, whichever version you, you, you know, US versus UK version. I'm not sure. Did they change that actually in the movie? Yeah. Uh, um, no, in the, in the US version, they still called it the Philosopher's Stone. The, yeah. I think even in the book, they still said Philosopher's Stone, but the main title had to say like in Sorcerer's. The book, yeah, it's like the Sorcerer and they're like, oh, Philosopher, that's not like magic at all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's boring that's Says boring America. should be a sorcerer uh, but then like yeah, I don't know I there was this chick in my class when I was 10 and uh, trying to sound super American like there was a chick no, there was a girl in my class uh, I try to overcompensate sometimes but <laughs> and you did yeah there was <laughs> yeah no so there was this girl in my class and uh, I remember her parents were very kind of devout evangelicals and she wasn't allowed to read harry potter because it was devil worship uh, <laughs> i remember but she could read narnia and i was like what's the difference <laughs> i mean yeah <laughs> i mean okay really, i know that really i no think difference. like the 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 original author of the narnia books was like super devout like hyper catholic uh, okay. And uh, so maybe that's why. And there are a lot of like biblical references, like Aslan and whatever, like he's God and et cetera, et cetera. But yeah. Harry Potter is like, oh, it's magic. It's like devil worship. You can't read that. And, uh, <laughs> and I remember one of my teachers at the time was like, oh, I want to, like, she wanted to read books to us like once a week, like yeah. just read a chapter. And, she, and uh, I think we had all voted for Harry Potter and then we couldn't because uh, this girl's parents didn't want us to, to read it. So she read Narnia instead. Boo. And, uh, but, you know, I mean, I've, it's sort of like I already knew the story of Harry Potter. So I was like, yeah. I'm, I, I think I'm the only guy who didn't vote because I really don't give a shit about this stuff. But <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like whatever you guys want, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Know? But it always stayed in my mind because I thought it was like, I don't think Harry Potter is devil worship. It's the whole witchcraft thing. It's like yeah. you can't separate for some people like witchcraft as referred to in like the old Christian times and witchcraft of right. Harry Potter, which is literally like magic. And that's it. It's like magic. It, it doesn't go deeper. Than Burn that. her. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like, it's like her in water. We must yeah, see. The, the magic in Harry Potter is literally like the light is off. The light is on. And it, yeah. it doesn't go deeper than they, they, they don't, they don't, there's no rituals around pentagrams in Harry Potter. Yeah. Yeah. And it's always like, Oh, a wand burn them. Yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, but it was just a game. It's like, I don't care. <laughs> oh man. Stamp out the pestilence in the in the, in the village, uh, but you know. <laughs> All right. I think uh, uh, we'll end it here. I think after. we're good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm running. I'm running dry in the head. So yeah, I, me too. I, hey, dude. If I'm going to into like uh, magic and whatever, I think it's time to end the episode. Uh, <laughs> thank you for listening, guys. Uh, Where can they find next? us? Yes, uh, you guys can find us on major podcasting platforms. I mean, obviously, since you're listening to us, you already know that, but I'll just mention them. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, uh, CastBox, a bunch of other places. And you can find us. Please follow us on social media. We're on Instagram and TikTok at What We Stream. 
on Instagram and TikTok. And uh, Kevin Feige, please send us an email at uh, what we stream podcast at gmail.com. And we can discuss ideas and how to use anime for the MCU. Thank you, Kevin. um, Thank you, Kevin. Old pal. Old pal. Old chum. (laughs) Peace. Peace.